Hello and welcome to the first episode of Lend Me Your Ears. This is something I've wanted to do for a long time, but I just kept putting it off and wasn't really sure if it would ever be the right time, but here we go. <laughs> this is uh, honestly a little terrifying. Um, I've talked in front of classes and schools and uh, had plenty of face-to-face and phone conversations with people trying to give advice and... Uh, this is a little weird to just be talking to myself into a microphone. <laughs> We're just going to see what happens, but uh, you're welcome to come along for the ride. Uh, my name is John Caesar. Um, for those that don't know, I am the owner of Caesar Chimney Service in Manchester, New Hampshire. I've owned that company since 2015. Uh, I've been a chimney sweep since 2009. I'm also on the board of directors for the Chimney Safety Institute of America, and I am the current president of the New Hampshire, uh, I'm sorry, the Northeast Association of Chimney and Hearth Professionals, which is a long name for the New Hampshire and Vermont Chimney Sweep Guild. I've also started a recent consulting company, which has yet to get off the ground, uh, but I've started it because I've noticed there's a lot of business owners out there, mainly in the chimney industry, but some outside of it that all have the same questions. How do I start? How do I manage? How do I hire? How do I fire? How do I grow? How do I price? All of the how-to questions. And I had the same exact questions when I started. Thankfully, I had a lot of help in the form of mentors and competitors that lended a hand. People high up in the industry that reached back down from where they had gotten to help me reach the same levels. And I'm very, very thankful for that. Um, many of which have their own podcasts and books and uh, large companies. Uh, but I wouldn't be where I am without the help that I've received from them, both uh, advice and uh, physical help coming out to help me with work. Um, and as this industry grows, I'm seeing a lot more of the young, hungry business owners coming up in this industry, um, all looking for the same type of help. So I'm going to try to give it as much as I can. And I figured what better way to get mass amounts of information out than in a podcast. Uh, I've done tons of Facebook messaging and comments and the occasional video here and there for those that have seen my uh, little diatribes I like to put out once in a while. Um, And of course, the the phone calls and text messages I get from other business owners reaching out for assistance. Uh, So I figured I'd put something like this together where I can get uh, advice, uh, some stories, Um, Just any general help I can think of to get out to the masses. Um, But then also talk about a lot of mistakes that I've made. I'm not the kind of person to brag about all of my accomplishments and how great I am or how much, how big my company is, any of that. That that brags for itself, really. What I like to do is I like to explain all the, the issues I had, all the problems that I encountered, all the hurdles I had to get over, the the many, many mistakes that I made in the hopes that as you're growing your business or as you're uh, looking for this assistance that hopefully I can help you not make the mistakes that I made uh, and save you a little bit of headache in the process. And I figured what better way to start out a podcast like this than to tell the biggest mistake that I ever made, which almost cost somebody their life. Um, that, That one mistake helped shape who I am today, the company I have today, um, and, and means quite a bit to me. Uh, I share it in, in classes and symposiums, and I share it uh, person to person, any chance that I can get, because hopefully it'll help save somebody else's life. 
But before we get to that, let's start out with who I am. Uh, where did I come from? How did I get where I, where I am today? And I can think of no better time to start than in 2009. At that time, uh, the country was just beginning one of the biggest recessions in our recent history. I had been working as a furniture salesman for a really large furniture retailer, making quite a bit of money. Uh, and then when the recession hit, I mean, everything just tanked, as most of you know. Sales was not the place to be. I lost that job, and I went and tried a couple other jobs out, both in sales. Neither one of them really worked, um, and eventually ended up homeless. Um, up to that point in 2009, I had already served in the military. Uh, I had been married at 16, uh, which is quite a different story in and of itself, but uh, got married at 16, went into the military, ended up getting divorced, left the military all before the ripe old age of 24. Um, and in 2009, there I was, middle of a recession, had lost my current girlfriend, had been fired from jobs, lost jobs, recession hit. Car got repossessed right in front of me. Repo guy actually followed me home, wait till I got out of the car, and then just drove right up behind me and hooked it up. <laughs> had to watch my car get towed away. Um, got evicted from my apartment. I ended up living in the bedroom of a prior furniture customer she had called me to buy some more furniture and I had to inform her that not only did I not work there anymore but I was walking down the side of a highway at that time and out of the goodness of her heart she offered me a place to stay and I lived with her for maybe six weeks or so uh, safe to say that was my rock bottom you don't really you don't really get much lower than homeless penniless mooching off of somebody you've never met uh, and it was a pretty dark place in my life so that's where we're going to start this story. Great, right? So I got a phone call from a relative. At that time, I was in Florida. I got a phone call from a relative in New Hampshire, where I was originally from. And she kind of heard what was going on with me and that I needed help and uh, got me in touch with my uncle who lived uh, in Littleton, New Hampshire, way up in, in literally the middle of nowhere. And uh, he needed some summer help up at his house. So I figured, you know, why not? Um, somebody paid for a ticket for me. I jumped on a plane with everything I had in two duffel bags and flew up to New Hampshire. Uh, that summer shaped me in more ways than one. I was out of shape. I wasn't used to manual labor. Uh, mentally, I was a wreck, as you can imagine. And he put me to work on his farm homestead, if you will. Uh, we ended up building a house there that summer and uh, taught me how to swing a hammer, taught me how to to work with my hands and uh, just kind of get me out of that funk. And I'm eternally grateful for that because I learned not just uh, manual labor, but work ethic. And he gave me life advice that to this day has still stuck with me. He gave me one piece of advice that uh, I'll share with you now that, that really resonates who I am. I kind of took it on as a mantle, but he said, make progress every day. Doesn't matter what you make it in could be at work, could be in your family, could be on a project. Make progress in or on something every day, and that day will not be a waste. Since that day in 2009, I can count maybe, on, well, I can count on one hand, the amount of days that I have wasted where I did not make progress in something, either in bettering myself or bettering my company, my family, my money, my physical shape just, you know, mowing the grass, you know, something just to get out and to make progress in something. But that was the kind of summer I had. He just imparted little bits of wisdom like that to to shape me into the man that I needed to be. 
Um, at the end of that summer, I was offered a job to work with someone else in New Hampshire who owned a chimney sweep company. And I was like, what? <laughs> they still have those? <laughs> That's a thing? I said, why not? You know, I got nothing else to lose. So moved back down south to the southern part of New Hampshire, uh, moved in with my mother, lived in her basement, and I went and I started work as a chimney sweep. And when I tell you that I didn't know what that was, the first time we went to a customer's home and he said, all right, we're going to go in and we're going to sweep her stove. I am not kidding that I grabbed the tools, grabbed the bag, walked in her house and made a beeline for her kitchen. <laughs> I was like, how are we going to sweep a stove? Like, do we have to take like the, the burners off? Or I, I didn't understand. I just stood there in the kitchen. When I hear him call me from the other room, he goes, we're going in here. And I was like, they have, they have stoves in their living room. I didn't, it couldn't figure it out. And sure enough, in the middle of her living room was a wood stove. And I said, oh, that makes sense. But that's how little I knew about the, the chimney sweeping trade. So I decided to work for him when I was trying to figure out what I was going to do with my life. Uh, my new goal since leaving the military was to take that on and continue with what I had learned in the military. I was military police when I was in there. I said, why not become a police officer, right? So I started looking into different tests and different areas that were hiring I worked with him while I uh, studied and, and got ready for the exam. And then uh, maybe six to eight months later, the exam happened. And I was like, here we go. Here's my chance. Went into the testing. It was a, a middle school, I think, where they held the, the, the police exam. So I went in the cafeteria, took the test, aced the test. I'm like, here we go. I'm going to be a police officer. They brought us into the gym, and we all had to pass certain physical uh, test that they put up, uh, push-ups, sit-ups, mile run, stuff of that nature. Sucked at the mile run. I, I am not a runner. For those of you that have met me or seen me, not somebody that's, you know, flight of foot. Uh, and then the bench press, right? So we had to lay down on the bench and they would take our weight and we had to bench press 1.06 our body weight. At the time, still wasn't in the best shape. I think I was around 260 pounds and I don't think any of it was muscle. So they put 280 or so pounds on this bench press and I <laughs> I laid it down a couple guys on either side lowered it onto my chest and they're like get it up once it never left my chest uh, it was pretty humiliating as everybody else standing around had to watch that and they was like thanks for coming so I left dejected and miserable and, and lost again and I was like okay here's here's the plan now I'm going to go to the gym every day I'm going to continue working this chimney sweeping job because that you know that's all I have right now um, and then just work to the point that I can get that much weight off my chest. And I did for the next year or two years that it took to get into to that shape to take the test again. Uh, it finally came around. I could, I could bench press. I could run. I could do all the things I needed to do. But in the two years that had passed, I all of a sudden kind of enjoyed my job. I didn't think I would. I, I fell into it literally by accident. And in those two years, I became a really good chimney sweep. Uh, I knew the job. I could do it. I was comfortable on roofs. I understood the process. And uh, the person that I worked for was working out of his house. He had a, a home-based business and parked the van in his driveway. And I would you know, show up at his house every day and we'd go out to work. In those two years, we ended up growing the company to the point that we all of a sudden had enough work for a second van. And... Uh, he said, you know, I think we should do this. I was like, all right, let's, let's do it. I'm, I'm all in, right? No more police, no more bench pressing. Let's, let's jump into this chimney sweep thing, both feet. Um, 
he sent me out on my own to go work on chimneys and I was really good at it. I enjoyed talking to the customers. I enjoyed the work. I, I enjoyed that blue collar accomplishment that you get at the end of the day by looking back and saying, wow, I helped them or I did that. And you couple that with my, my mantle of make progress every day. And man, I was making progress on something every day. I was helping people building things and I just, I ran with it. Uh, we ended up getting big enough that we moved out of his house. We got a, a leased uh, unit nearby and we had an office and a garage and a warehouse and it was just it was starting to take shape four years into to working for him now he decides to send me out to get certified he goes there's a test down in mass at some hotel uh, here's a book study it up go down there they're going to give you a, a review and you can take a test and you'll become a certified sweep we need you to get that so that we can advertise ourselves as certified i was like sweet let's do it i'm good at tests read over the book studied it up went down to this hotel went into the, the the conference area did the review kind of blew my mind there was things on the review that i hadn't remembered from my studying uh, took the test and barely passed it you needed a 70 in order to pass and i got a 72 skin of my teeth but i got it i became a certified sweep and i was like all right this is great went back gave it to him he says good slapped the sticker on the van and on the website and we went off I'll save a lot of the other, the middle ground for another podcast, but long story short, things between him and I fell apart. I had recently gotten married to my wife, Holly, uh, in 2013. We were married in May of 2013, and then in December of that same year, we were granted custody of my two sons from my first marriage. A lot more story to go over there. That's for a different podcast, but uh, overnight we went from... uh, newlyweds to parents of a 9 and 11 year old that needed quite a bit of love and attention to put it mildly and then all of a sudden here I am um, you know now I'm a married man with a father of two and I got my sons back and I'm trying to focus on them money got a little tighter the job that I had wasn't as, as secure as I thought it was going to be and I, I had to part ways with them I said I got to go out on my own I got to do my own thing that relationship didn't survive mine and his it didn't survive the the split i thought we could have an amicable uh, parting of ways and that didn't happen it was a, a cold shoulder firing don't ever talk to me again kind of uh outcome which i wasn't looking for and uh, i had to i had to pick it up and and move on from that uh, i ended up leaving in january of 2015 and had to start my own chimney sweep company in the middle of the winter in January. For anybody that has a chimney sweep company, you know, especially in the Northeast, sweeping season's over. You know, the burning season's already, we're already in mid-swing and all of the annual customers, all the people that needed to get swept in order to start using their chimneys, they've already had it done. Winter is the time for kind of picking up loose ends and finishing up on work you couldn't get to, preparing for the spring, which is usually all the work that you have lined up from last year. I had to start my company in January with none of that. No prior customer base. Phone wasn't ringing. Here I am sitting in my house with my wife and my two kids and a a van in the driveway and the phone's not ringing. And that's how I started my company. So the phone eventually did ring. I hit social media really hard. I advertised. I put signs anywhere that I could. I wore my shirt to church and to the gas station, hopefully that, you know, somebody would see it and want to have their chimney swept. And it worked. Uh, the phone started ringing in the spring, and I got a couple jobs here, a couple jobs there, and started going. Uh, 
the first liner that I ever put in was this guy calls me up and he had a, a chimney fire in his wood stove chimney. And I said, okay. And I get up on the roof and I take a look down the flue. He's got rectangle 8 by 12 clay tiles. Uh, the tiles are all blown apart. There's pieces missing. There's pieces in the way. The inside of the tiles is covered with grade 3 creosote. It's, it's oozing. It's dripping. It's just covered. Very dangerous. And I said, oh, okay. Here I am. Four or five years of experience. Certified chimney sweep. And yeah, I made the air quotes that you can't see. And I said, yeah, I know what I'm doing. This is great. So we need to put a liner in. Up to that point, I, I had just learned from my previous employer how to do this, and I just kept doing what he was doing. And I said, great, dropped the liner, connected it, uh, put a nice cap on it, called it a day, got the check, and went home. Kept going. The business started growing. I started hiring uh, more technicians. A year later, I'm scrolling through Facebook in one of the uh, chimney nightmare, chimney forum, somewhere in there. And I'm just scrolling along, and I see a house that I recognized. It was this guy's house. And the uh, the person that posted it was my friend and mentor now, Steve Scally. Uh, he has a company 20 minutes away from me, but I didn't know him at the time. I'm scrolling through, and, and there's a picture of this house that I recognize. I'm like, that's weird. I read his post, and it said something to the effect of, got another hack in the area, somebody else that I've got to pick up after and we got to be, you know, scared of and this guy's going to be out here killing people. I don't know if it was that bad, but that's how I remember it. <laughs> but I started scrolling through the pictures and he had to go out. The guy had another chimney fire around the liner that I put in, trapped inside this chimney. All the creosote that was still left had ignited and caught fire. So he called Steve. Steve goes out, sees the crap work that I had done, pulls my liner out, throws it in the yard. And while he's up on the roof the homeowner's dog goes outside and lifts its leg and starts to urinate on the liner. I've been doing this a long time now. I have never seen an animal lift its leg to urinate on anything job related. You know, that just doesn't happen. This moment, the dog decides to take a leak on the liner. Steve whips out his phone, snaps a picture, puts it in his post. I'm mortified. I am beyond terrified at this point i'm like i have a one-year-old business i've got a 12 and 10 year old sons and i'm trying to do the best i can i literally almost burned this guy's house to the ground and now i'm being called a scammer or hack or whatever words he used in that post and i'm going oh my god i'm through took me about 15 minutes or so to calm myself down and i decided to write this steve a message on Facebook and it was something to the effect of hi Steve my name is John and he writes back I know who you are I'm like oh shit <laughs> here we go <laughs> and I said uh, I just saw your post and I just wanted to know what did I do wrong how did I how did I mess this up and what could I have done better and his answer was the effect of how long you got and I was like oh great this is going to be a great conversation but now Steve was really uh, he handled it well a lot better than I would have and he told me, you need to get more education. I said, but I'm, a, I'm certified. And he goes, well, it's not showing by your work. So you need to get more education. You need to do something else. See, up to that point, I had only ever taken that one test in a hotel. Barely passed it as it was, but I got the badge, right? And you hear a lot of people now, they're talking about, I've never been asked by a, a, a customer if, if I'm certified or who I'm certified with or what I'm... See, that, that was the mindset I used to have was I had the badge, right? I did it, got the t-shirt kind of a thing. 
but I didn't do anything after that. I just took one test and went out and almost burned somebody's house down. So I said, okay, all right, let's, let, let's see what we can do. Thankfully, that spring, there was a class being put on in my town. I mean, you, you can't get any more lucky than this. Usually stuff doesn't come to New Hampshire like that. Just so happens there was a week-long class happening in Manchester, so I shut my company down. Uh, my office manager came in. Well, the only person on the phones at that time. Uh, Jill came in. We shut the phones down. If the phone rang, it literally went to voicemail for the only time in Caesar Chimney history. Uh, both of my technician, uh, technicians came in, and the four of us sat through this week-long class, uh, which was, coincidentally, to get certified. Even though I already was, I'm going to sit through this class. I had never taken a class like that. Self-studied, took that one test, but sitting through the class, we would hear the instructor say things like, now you never, ever want to do this. And both my technicians would turn around and look at me with fear and go, but we, but we always do that. I'm like, shut up. And he'd say, now you never, ever, ever want to do this. And they'd turn on and go, we always do that. I'm like, shut up. We'll talk about it later. I'm panicking, right? I'm sitting here. My whole world is crumbling. I've almost burned this house down. People think I'm a hacker. I go to this class, and now the guy is literally just crumbling my entire business model. Everything I thought I knew comes crashing down. We sit through the week-long class. We, we that weekend sit down and go over everything we're like we've got to start over man <laughs> we've we've got to start from the ground up everything we've done we're going to forget about it fix it if we can going forward we're changing everything um, I had never learned how to remove grade three creosote I thought it was just you know sweep it best you can and it's fine I had never learned how to remove tiles out of a chimney I didn't know what kind of tools we needed or how to do it I had never learned how to insulate a liner. I didn't know that they were supposed to be insulated. I had no idea what I was doing, yet I was running around as a certified business owner, uh, making it work. Um, so that was the beginning for me. We, we went back to the drawing board, literally redid our pricing, redid our model, uh, figured out what we were doing wrong, what we needed to do better, signed up for a ton more classes, and literally the rest is history. Uh, if it wasn't for Steve calling me out on Facebook uh, by name, well, I don't think he used my name, come to think of it, but still, it, it hit me like he did because <laughs> I knew it was my work. Uh, called me out and going and taking that class uh, opened my eyes, right? And it was funny, at that time, uh, well, maybe a few months after that class, we had changed everything. We were doing much better work. The quality was better. The pricing was better. I got a phone call from a competitor, a friend of mine, and he called me up and he goes, John, man, I, I need to talk to you. I'm like, what's going on? He goes, hey, I don't know what's gotten into you the last few months, but I've been following behind a lot of your customers and, and they're calling me for second opinions. And man, you, your pricing is outrageous. I'm like, what are you talking about? You know, our pricing is pretty good. He goes, no, I mean, your, your estimates are double what mine are. And I'm just taking jobs from you left and right. You're going to price yourself out of this industry. I'm worried about you. And I said, well, man, our, our pricing really hasn't gone up, but what has gone up is our quality. Like, we're looking in the code book, and we're finding things that need to be fixed, and we're actually catching more than we used to, and we're doing more. Like, yeah, our pricing gone up because my, my liners used to cost this, but now that I have to insulate them and remove the tiles, like, yeah, these job prices are, are high up, but we're doing a better job. And his answer was, <laughs> I mean, John, code schmode, right? Codes change. But nobody is going to pay for this kind of work nobody cares how it's done nobody cares that you're certified just you know just you need to go back to what you were doing because i'm going to take all your work and you're not going to have a company anymore 
we joke about that now in this industry because our company has done nothing but grow from that. Our customer base has grown and appreciated. We've educated our customers. And now my company's at the size that it is because we do the right thing. But at the same time, I was following the career of another chimney sweep out of Tennessee. I had seen uh, magazine articles about this man and, and his massive fleet of trucks. And coming from a, a one-truck, two-truck operation, I didn't know you could get up to 15, 20, 30 trucks for a chimney sweep operation. So I was reading articles about him. Uh, and then six months after we go back, shut the company down, start over, there he is on TV. I had never seen a chimney sweep company on TV before. Name is Mark Stoner, and he runs Ashbuster's Chimney out of Tennessee. And there he is on uh, Blue Collar Millionaires. I'm like, holy cow, there he is again. So I'm watching it. And he starts talking about how he started his business, how he grew his business. But then he said some things that rocked my world. And he starts talking about having a job rather than a career. So if you're a, a one or two truck operator, he says, you know, you, you have a job, right? If you don't show up, the money doesn't get made. If you can't take a vacation, you can't get sick, you can't take a day off. If you do, money stops. And I was like, that's, that's where I am right now. So that was when we decided to grow our company. I didn't want to be 30 trucks like he was, but I wanted to be comfortable to the point that I could take a day off, I could not come into work, I could take a vacation, I could just just be, and the company still run without me. So that was our new goal. Um, we started hiring, we started training, um, and in the course of four years, our company went from one truck to now we have seven trucks. Um, so that's going to be, uh, I think I've used up quite a bit of your time for tonight. Um, that's going to be the the topic of my next episode is, is growing pains, how to grow your business. Um, a lot of my advice is going to be more of my mistakes that I've made along the way. Hopefully you can avoid them. Uh, but that's uh, tune in for episode two while we talk about growing pains. Thank you very much. And I appreciate you lending me your ears.